For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Welcome back to Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. And joining me right now, uh, our guest that we have here on this particular installment, something very fascinating that she's working on together. Uh, she has a cannabis museum that is focused on the drug wars, wanting to change hearts and minds. That's the focus of a Forbes article that just recently got released and is the focus of my guest right now on the program. She's the executive director of the Core Social Justice Cannabis Museum and the founder and CEO of Seed Dispensary, and I'm here with April Erosante. April, thanks for being on with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And if you want to go and follow along once we're going to talk about it, it's uh, corecannabis.org, C-O-R-E cannabis.org. It aims to provide a platform for multiple perspectives relating to the defective system of cannabis law in the United States. So this museum that you put together, and the idea for people to go and come and visit, what was the onus, what was the inspiration behind it, besides the fact of the dispensary that you already have, that's also adjacent to the museum. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I had been in cannabis for quite some time, you know, really wanted to make sure that I, I formed a business um, that had a mission associated with it. I think it's very important. It's good for employees. It's good for the business. And also, it had just been a driving passion of mine to expose the hypocrisies that are so apparent in the war on drugs, which is a failed program that has done nothing but devastate the lives of cannabis consumers. You know, it's called the Social Justice Cannabis Museum because to to us, social justice means that any any class of people who has been persecuted over time has the, you know, the same rights and opportunities as others. And we believe that cannabis consumers have been persecuted over the last hundred years and it's time to end that reign of terror. Now, April, part of your reply as to why you would go ahead and be so dedicated to this kind of cause is because you have been an attorney and you have you were actually part of the Medical Marijuana Committee in the state of Connecticut for the Connecticut State Bar. And you've done legal education. You work with pharmaceuticals. And you have a lot of background in the various areas of understanding the plant, understanding where the plant, in terms of a legal sense, that the law, the laws that we now have in our country are still very much archaic, that it's time to go ahead and make a change to that. So when it comes to decriminalization, is that more of an importance if there was just a schedule one removal as opposed to ever seeing any federal legalization because at this point 
I don't see where that federal rollout of legalization comes in any anywhere within the next three to five years. Is it something that decriminalization would be a better solution while we're waiting for something else? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a series of different issues at play here. And, you know, I started out in medical cannabis when the medical program rolled out in the state of Connecticut. And I was really, you know, a grieving daughter. I had lost my mom. I felt like cannabis could be a way to bring grace back to the dying process, which I believe has been lost here in in America. You know, we don't cherish the art of dying here. And we stuff people full of opioids. You lose them before they're gone. And I really believe that cannabis could help in that process. And as somebody who is coming from biotech and an attorney, you know, I thought, let's let's get the data and get the statistics and get it into the hands of physicians and, and lawmakers, and that will change things. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm here in Puerto Rico now where they have a medical program, and a lot of the people have that same fervor that I had, you know, a decade ago when I was getting into this. But to be honest, it didn't, it didn't change people's minds. I couldn't change physicians' minds. I couldn't change you know, legislators' minds. Yes, we have movement on the legal level, but at the end of the day, it comes down to money. The states are interested in the taxes they can collect on it, and also votes. If candidates think that they can get more votes by bringing in cannabis consumers, that weighs the the movement at that level. So having, you know, exited my medical cannabis um, company in Connecticut, You know, I went into consulting and then decided to open up again uh, an entity in in Massachusetts. It was a recreational program. I thought, you know, we'll have less shackles, more ability to to get this into the hands of the people that need it. And I won't have to deal with all the compliance issues of medical. Well, that didn't really prove to be true. There's a whole host of other compliance issues, you know, that seem arbitrary and and foolish. But at this time, I focused on recreational and also really honed in on my legal background, you know, I had always been disgusted by the Controlled Substances Act. I have used cannabis my whole life, very productively. I use it to run. I use it to study. I use it to do things that are good for me. Um, And I had also, you know, really been interested in hallucinogens my whole life. And it seems like these drugs are the best for you. And yet these are scheduled so highly uh, under the Controlled Substances Act and things that are terrible for you like alcohol and cigarettes, are just available in convenience stores where my seven-year-old is at, is at the counter. And, you know, there's a host of comedians, George Carlin, Bill Hicks, a lot of our enlightened prophets in our, you know, in American culture that have said, you know, there's reasons why the drugs that make you dumber are readily available and the ones that make you more enlightened are restricted. And I just don't believe at any level that the prohibition of cannabis is due to public health or any any manner of public good. It's all about money. It's all about power. And the fact that we lock up our young boys for this, specifically our young boys, but not exclusively, is disgusting. And it's time for it to end. And that's what the Cannabis Museum is about. That's what American Warden about is about, which is the current Boston exhibition, the impact that prohibition has had on people, and then the main exhibition, Portland main exhibition, which will be opening um, next month, is about the impact that this prohibition has had on the plant itself, the chemical and genetic makeup of the plant. 
let's go and elaborate a little more on American Warden, which is the current expedition you just mentioned, uh, urging guests to scrutinize incarceration in America against the backdrop of cannabis prohibition. And you make a lot of points when it comes to on the exhibit itself that this stat stands out a lot that any American male before born after 2001, regardless of race, has a one in 13 chance of ending up behind bars. That is staggering. And with that, you have even in, in the exhibit itself, you actually have a jail cell inside mm-hmm. for people to go ahead and just feel that idea behind it and also just keeping it in such a confined space. Talk to me about where it was that you wanted to have this, the graffiti wall, the encompassing of this whole American Warden exhibit and what it stands for. Yeah, so, you know, we we have a 6,000-square-foot space in Jamaica Plain, which is a really great neighborhood in Boston. Um, we It's a it's a down, a sub-floor, uh, sorry, it's a basement space, so you, you have to be 21 to enter. That's my only frustration about the museum. I'd love to get younger um, bodies down there, but because it's a, also a dispensary, you have to be 21 to enter, but it's free. You go down, and half of the space is devoted to seed, which is a dispensary where you know, you can talk to people and, and buy cannabis legally. But then the other half is devoted to the Core Cannabis Museum. And what I really liked about that is the juxtaposition of having a legal cannabis counter where anyone that's over 21 can walk in, show their ID, and buy weed right next to a jail cell where many people are still sitting today because they did exactly what you're doing legally. And I really wanted people to understand that we're standing on the shoulders of so many people that have come before and made so many sacrifices in the name of this plant. And, you know, the reason, the way we landed at American Warden is, you know, we had the whole host of, of subjects, you know, we could use for that first exhibition. But at the end of the day, it all seems to go back to incarceration, this, this absolutely astounding phenomenon that we put people in cages for plants. I mean, it just, it's hard to wrap your mind around when you think about it fundamentally. And so I started to look into some of the statistics. All of the statistics in that museum are based on the 2019 FBI crime statistics because that was the most recent in the time that we were putting together the exhibition. And, you know, it started to unveil itself, you know, despite housing only 20%, I'm sorry, 5% of the world's population, we house 25% of its inmates. That outpaces all reported imprisonment from Russia, China, and certainly all our NATO partners. Um, we, you know, as you said, any male, any mother's son, my son, who is blonde-haired and blue-eyed, you know, has a 1 in 13 chance of ending up behind bars. And I say that he's blonde-haired and blue-eyed for a reason. You know, I think sometimes the conversation gets caught up. It, it gets stalled out, right? Because if, if you have a son who is a black male born after 2001, they have a one in three chance of ending up behind bars. Latino male, one in six. White, one in 17. But that last statistic, one in 13, relates to all of us. And I think a lot of people get lost in, in that other, that earlier statistics and they're, they're frustrated and they're angry about the difference. But the reality is the statistic is unacceptable for all of us, no matter your race. We live in a police state. You know, another really interesting one in 2019, despite having almost half of the states legalized at least or decriminalized uh, for cannabis, 
there were over 500,000 arrests for cannabis, 80% of those for simple possession. That number outpaces the arrests for all violent crimes put together. Wow. I mean... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. That's disgusting and completely a drain on our 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 financial system. I do not want to pay to keep a boy in jail for cannabis. Do you? <laughs> Does anyone? Who's making no. all these decisions and why? Right. It, it, the, the priorities in some in a lot of cases of law enforcement to go ahead and go after possession or distribution or just you know, just the use. It's it's been one of the things that just continues to be. A controlling factor. It's a way to just control parts of society that that people are just looking to go and continue to keep oppressed and disenfranchised. That's the idea. Of that and even just when you feel it, in you know, just licensing and for people, for those that want to go ahead and be in the industry itself, legacy operators, because of their track record, they want to be you know they want to go and do something that they've been very good at, even though it might not have been legal. But now if they want to go and do something legit. They can't because they're they're still held back by, you know, previous actions that law enforcement deem are still illegal because the laws are still an- antiquated. They have not been changed yet. Now, that's right. And even go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say even that, you know, it's a, there's a very nuanced issue in cannabis right now. Right, we have this, you know, sort of banner like let let's help the people who have been most impacted by the drug war. Right, so sometimes there's race criteria. There's location criteria for those that can apply for licenses, which I think initially starts out with good intent, right? I'd like to believe that at the legislative level, it starts out with good intent. But the reality is that even those laws have now been tinkered with enough 
that they're really just lip service for a social equity applicant, right? You you have the a requirement that the business be owned, like some some majority ownership by one of these people that grew up or was really impacted by the drug war. But the businesses take millions and millions of dollars. So who is going to give investment? Who's going to turn over millions of dollars to a company, to someone who has not had the resources or the experience to run one of these companies? So it's like an impossible little circle. And you end up with these big companies who have a token front person who is getting some minimal amount of the deal, but it's the same people running the show as always have. They don't care about cannabis. They care about the money. It's the same situation. So I, I urge people to scrutinize these social equity um, rules and regulations because they're not being like everything in our system. It starts out with good intent and then gets manipulated and torqued until and in terms of those social equity regulations, our interest in the museum is not based on on race or, or conviction or any of those things. Our interest is in making sure that cannabis consumers, anyone who is consuming cannabis, are the people that are now in the industry, consuming it, growing it, risking their lives and freedom to sell it. That, that's the group that I think needs to be brought into the industry. I want to now focus more as well on the dispensary and because not only are you doing the seed dispensary you have there in Jamaica Plains, Jamaica Plain in Boston, you now are also ready to go and open a new location in Portland, Maine. And that will also include a museum, uh, a museum exhibit as well in that. And you have a, what's being called seed to soul. Uh, talk to me about the move into Portland and, and this, where the concept is actually go along to go ahead and build another dispensary alongside with another museum exhibit and putting that together. Yeah, so I've always loved Portland, Maine. I, I have a strong connection to Maine. I I really wanted to um, carry on with this museum side by side with dispensary. You know, we want to be different. We want to make sure that we're carrying the fire and, and making sure we recognize the cannabis consumer population. So this exhibit is a little is different. You know, this one is a separate entrance. So now I can accept all visitors under 21. I think it's important that kids understand cannabis and, and normalize it alongside alcohol and cigarettes and all the other things that kids are exposed to. Um, but this exhibit is really fun. What the concept is, is an inverted cultivation facility. So when you walk in, you should have the experience that you are inside one of the new commercial cultivation facilities. So the lights are coming up from the floor. The plants are growing from the ceiling. And that's really trying to, it's, a, it's sort of a, a way to compare drug policy, uh, which I believe is upside down in America, um, to this, you know, cultivation facility. And really, we're just trying to point out all the ways that American drug policy is 100% upside down. Like, we've blown it, don't understand it, and I want to really make that comparison or, or that, um, you know, that metaphor, I guess, um, exist in people's minds. And then when you go upstairs, um, we start with the seed and we track the seed all the way through the cannabis cultivation process, all the way through processing and then into your body and into your endocannabinoid system to where you get that high, that high that you feel in your soul. And that's where the name comes from, seed to soul. I want people to understand the cultivation and processing process. I know they're interested in it. And I want people to understand all the magic that happens between these transitions, you know, when the, the nutrients are being absorbed into the root hairs, when the 
the cannabinoids are are bursting into the trichomes when the the THC itself is interacting with your body's endocannabinoid system and and giving you that feeling and elevating your your mind state. That's what this is about. I want it to be fun. I want it to be immersive. And I hope people will come. And within the species themselves, uh, you have flower, edibles, vapes, tinctures, topicals, concentrates across the board. If you can, for those who want to go to the website real quick, it's seedyourhead.com, S-E-D, yourhead.com, to look at both locations in Boston and Portland. Uh, take our listeners into a couple of the highlights of some products that you really are stand out that have been really popular and, and you just really want to point people to. Yeah, so seed, I had a really strong mission with seed. You know, my original um, operation was cultivation and processing with no dispensary. And so really focused on, on my own products uh, in Connecticut. But with seed, I really wanted the opportunity to curate the selection. So I wanted to have no requirement to sell my own product, right? Because then if you have a harvest that's not so great, you're still pushing that product. We get to hand select because we don't have a grow. We get to hand select the products that are the best in Massachusetts. In addition, the training of the staff is paramount. So whether you are brand new to cannabis, you never have touched cannabis, you don't know anything about it, or you've been on the streets, you know, selling, hustling since you were 10, know everything, canisore, concentrate, all that, anybody would feel comfortable in here. And that was the line I was, that was the, the balance that I was trying to go for. You know, in the store, we have such a range of products. People have gotten so, um, you know, creative. We are have all sorts of new and upcoming baked goods that are coming out. We have these, there's one that thing I really like, like I'm really interested in low dose. I really like low dose during the day. So these two and a half milligram bullets of chocolate. We have seltzers. I love the seltzers because they reduce alcohol intake. You know, I could have a drink or a glass of wine or something, go out and then switch to seltzers. And I feel so much better. Uh, not drinking as much. Um, also have this cool line of hemp uh, cigarettes, which are meant to get you off of smoking cigarettes and have had great success in testing them out with our employees. So those are some of the things that I really think people will be interested in. We have a terpene wall there, so you can go in and interact directly with uh, the six most prevalent terpenes in the indica and sativa type plants. And, you know, indica and sativa has its own problems in terms of you know identifying certain strains but people still work with it so we just want to get people to understand that these terpenes are what give it these various profiles and sometimes effects and you can walk up to the wall you know interact with the terpene exhibit decide which one smells right to you and a lot of times that will lead you to the strain that will serve your body best fantastic so Seed Dispensary, you can find it, again, in Boston and Portland with the accompanying core core social justice cannabis museum uh, in both locations. And one more time, we'll go ahead and give the website. So core, C-O-R-E, cannabis.org and seedyourhead.com. Uh, April, I want to give a chance to go and just anything else that people want, you should want to let listeners know to go ahead and stay connected. And any other things you can tell us in terms of what to look forward to from both the museums and the dispensaries proper? Yeah, so um, we are 
opening another dispensary in Somerville and looking forward to that. Really love that community. Very cool vibe, similar to, to Jamaica Plain. Happy to be having a seed there. And additionally, American Warden, the exhibition in Jamaica Plain, Boston, is moving. We're, it's been running for a little over two years, and we want to go ahead and bring in a new exhibition. So that will be going on the road. I'm in Puerto Rico now. They really want the exhibition. And so we're working on placement here. And then replacing it will be an exhibition about the impact that our American drug laws have had on our Caribbean neighbors. So we're focusing on Puerto Rico, Jamaica, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which has a very interesting history with um with cannabis prohibition and and United States involvement in persecuting their uh, generational growers. And interestingly, also has something called an amnesty program, which is the first I've really been in awe of, which allows generational growers to sell directly into the market with no licensing. And I think if we really wanted to, you know, cherish the generational growers and the traditional farmers who have kept this plant alive through all of this prohibition, that's what that's what justice would look like. Fantastic. I really appreciate you taking, taking time to go and talk to us and, and giving us all this insight. I hope best of luck with the museum and this museum dispensary concept. I'm glad you evolved from the idea that you were going to go with, with just cultivation process and to bring something that was just much more, you know, so much more inspired. It's really great that you were able to put this together again. April Arasate, Executive Director of the Core Social Justice Cannabis Museum and the CEO and founder of Seed Dispensary. Thanks for being with us on Grassroots Marketing. Really appreciate you taking time out. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on here. You guys are the best. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.